Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Blessed Benildus. I knew him as Peter, Peter Romanson. We were the same age, boyhood friends. Both of us had been born in the village of Touray on the plains of Limagne in France. And for most of my life, almost all of my life, even though he was my dearest friend, I had felt nothing but anger and disappointment whenever I thought about him. All this was a long time ago, before the American Civil War. My name is Claude Darcy. I was 14 years old when I landed in New Orleans. Most of the next 40-odd years, I lived as a gambler lives. But I lived on the frontier, and as the frontier pushed westward, I moved westward with it. Finally, with a wagon train that was almost destined never to get beyond Apache Creek, Arizona Territory. Mr. Darcy. Ah. Uh, it's as well you spoke or I'd have blown your head off. I'm sorry, my son. I was sorry to see you join this wagon train. You don't like me, do you? A priest is bad luck. I'm sorry you think so. Uh, it's quiet out there. Yes, it'll be quiet for the rest of the night, but it won't be when dawn comes. The Indians will attack again. Well, at least those of us who died today were buried. I wonder who'll bury us, Father. Only God knows. Well, 
You didn't come creeping to the edge of camp just to pass the time away? No, I wanted to talk to you. Are you concerned for my spiritual needs? I was told you're French. A man like me learns not to put too much stock in nationality. We have that in common, my son. Your son? I'm old enough to be your grandfather. I wanted to ask you if you were ever in a place called Sog in France. Sog? Because if you were, I'm sure that's where I saw you. So that's why I've caught you staring at me so often. Were you there? I was there. Twice. You weren't even born the first time I went there. You went there to visit a friend of yours. Brother Benildas. He was my teacher. Your teacher? Peter was your teacher? I only knew him as Brother Benildas. I think... It was about 1841. I'd been in this country, oh, 15 years, and I went home for a visit. That was the first time I went to the seminary at Sog. Claude! <laughs> Nobody else! Oh, Claude, how good to see you. Sit down. Ah. <laughs> so... So, Peter, you did become a teaching brother after all, eh? <laughs> Have you been home? Yes, I saw my mother. How is she? Oh, she lived to be a hundred. She told me where to find you. God bless her. <laughs> well, so you went to the America's Club. Yes, I did what we both planned to do, remember? Remember the way we talked about all the adventures we were going to have? Yes, we were little boys. Yes, and then suddenly you wanted to become a brother. I was nine years old. And you were angry with me. Yes, you betrayed us, Peter. I suppose I did, Claude. But I felt such a strong desire to become a brother. At nine years of age? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I never forgave you. And later on, at certain times in my life, times of great experience, I think to myself, this is what Peter and I had planned to share together. But he came a brother instead. <laughs> you know... It's a funny thing. We were closer than brothers, you and I. And I've never felt complete because we didn't go on through life together. I've always had the feeling that you abandoned me. We are still friends, Claude. Yes. Are you happy in serving God? Oh, far happier than I can tell you. But you shared my zest for adventure. I have found adventure, as you have. Adventure? In all this peace and quiet? Claude, soon after you ran away from home, angry with me, I found my excitement in my aspiration to become a brother. Oh, not excitement, not adventure by your standards, but excitement and adventure nevertheless. And then I was sent here to take charge of this community, to instruct other young men who had set out to become brothers. Oh, give it up, Peter. What? You're still young. Come on back to the Americas with me. Oh, Claude, what are you saying? I am saying it is wrong, unhealthy, for a man like you to be cooped up in a place like this. That's what I am saying, Peter. Ah, I know it's a waste of time to talk to you. Claude, when will you go back to the Americas? I'll spend Christmas with my mother... Then I'll be off again. You don't ask me what I do for a living. Well, I tell you. Mostly I gamble. It's a rough country, Peter. Rough and wild. 
<laughs> but it's a man's country. I have heard it called God's country. Uh, well, I haven't seen too much evidence of him in the places where I've been. Stand still. He is there. Maybe. And so, my friend, Brother Benildas, as you call him, was your teacher? My teacher, my mentor, my friend. He was that to every young man who studied under him. If he loved me, he loved all the others just as much. And what are you doing in this country, eh? On my way to Sacramento. Or near there. There's a small French colony there, a settlement. I'm to be its priest. Mm. You think you'll get there? Do you think I will, my son? No. Our, our death is almost certain, then. As certain as the dawn that will bring it. How does that make you feel? How soon will they find out the new priest won't be arriving? That depends on how soon somebody finds out we've all been massacred. Is that all you're worried about? You mean, am I afraid of what's coming? Are you? I'm not looking forward to it. Nobody, not even a priest, relishes the idea of being massacred. Do the Indians hate us? The Apaches? Yes, they hate us. They have reason to. We're taking their country away from them. If I were an Apache, I'd hate us too. I'm told they're very cruel. Cruel? Not because they're Apaches, just because they're men. I've seen others just as cruel. Even in our own country? In every country. <laughs> At least, even if that little item of truth doesn't help you to love your enemies, it helps you to tolerate them, eh? You might have become a good priest. Peter. Brother Benilas, I should say. Well, he is religious enough for both of us. You think he's missed a lot in life? Hidden away in that seminary? Yes, yes. I wonder if, deep down inside you, you you feel it's really you who's missed so much. Ah, you talk like a fool. Perhaps. Well, in a couple of hours, it won't matter where, whether you're one or not. A couple of hours? Is, uh, is that what it is to dawn? Just about. I'm going to offer mass in a little while. Will you be present? I'm standing guard here. I'll pray for you. <laughs> And that's what Brother Benildas said the last time I saw him. I wonder if he's praying for me this night. It's about 11 o'clock in the morning in France at this moment. Brother Benildas usually tends his rose garden about this time of day. Oh, yes, that rose garden. We stood in it the last time I saw him. He was still the fine figure of a man, his blonde, wavy hair, a little gray now. But in spite of the years, still looking half his own age. And so, you'll go back to your frontier for the last time, Claude. I doubt if I'll ever come back to France, Peter. Well, I've nobody here except you. And I could not stomach living here. I couldn't be satisfied with a European existence. I'm too accustomed to, to distances. The plains, deserts, frontier towns. I'm, I'm used to wearing a gun. 
I belong over there, Peter. Each to his own particular frontier, Claude. You to yours, I to mine. I doubt if we'll ever see each other again, Peter. Mm, I wonder. At least I've come back to see you a couple of times. I didn't abandon you as you did me. <laughs> you still think I did? Yes, to my way of thinking. Have you really resented my becoming a brother? I think so. And because of that, I've resented every priest I ever came into contact with. Oh, you must get over that, Claude. Ah, it's too late in the day for that. I doubt it. <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing about us, Peter, you and I. We are as close now as we were in our boyhood. And in 14 years or more, we've only seen each other twice. Yes, the bond is very strong. And we have nothing in common except a childhood spent together. You sound nostalgic. A man like me, nostalgic for childhood memories? Surely not. <laughs> well, there's always that part of a man that wants to cling to something. Is there? Of course. And you cling to your childhood or to something that was a part of it? To your roots, maybe. My roots? <laughs> I've never stopped to think of that. The family circle, perhaps. Yours and mine. The holidays we shared. Maybe. The long, long walk every day to school. And the long walk home. Uh, they did us no harm. The daily prayer. That was part of it, Claude. The emphasis on God. The understanding that we are part of him, that he is part of us. Part of our daily life. That's the way it was, eh? Mm. We were taught about him in our home, in our school. Remember? I remember. The pattern of our daily existence began with a prayer. It united the family. It united one family with another. That was our childhood. And our tender memory of it. <laughs> true? Oh, it's true enough, Peter. And that's where your roots are, Claude. Deep down, in the very rich and fertile soil of a good Christian upbringing. And despite the rough, adventuresome life you've had, you've never really been able to... To separate yourself from your early training, have you? I doubt if you've ever been inside a church in all these years. A doubt well-founded. I'd like to think you might spend a little more of your time inside a church clothes. Yes, I've no doubt of that. <laughs> but your roots are in it. Your roots are in the church. And I'll go on praying for you. <laughs> ah, you're a good fellow, Peter. You are the saintly one of us. Now, come on, let's go inside and open that flask of good wine I brought with me, and I'll drink a toast to my saintly friend. What is it they call you? Oh, Benildas. <laughs> I'll drink to him. And to think that you knew him, too. To think that two of us who knew him should meet out here in the desert, 6,000 or, or maybe 7,000 miles away from France. What would cause a young fellow like you to make a journey of this kind? The need of a community for a priest who can speak its language. Well, that seems to be a sound reason. But how did it happen? There was a need, you say, and then what? You volunteered? Several of us did. From a sense of adventure, eh? No. No, I don't think so. I'm sure the certain knowledge of hardships and danger did nothing to make adventure look like anything to be anticipated with pleasure. Well, you cannot have adventure without risk. 
Well, then it was not adventure I wanted, you see. Not in your terms, anyway. Ah. You sound like Brother Benilos. Thank you. <laughs> well, you can feel the new day coming, eh? The new day? Our last on Earth, unless a miracle happens. I... I don't hear anything out there. You will soon. And a lot more when you see the first streak of dawn. That's what the Apache is waiting for. We knew this might happen, didn't we? Well, for me, it had to happen this way sooner or later. Here, in a place like this, with a rifle in my hands. I couldn't have wished for it any other way. But for a young fellow like you, and for the women and children with us... I keep thinking of them. It's always a terrible thing to contemplate. And still, there are different ways of contemplating death. But all the philosophies in the world don't change it, do they? Hmm? I think an acceptance of God makes a great deal of difference to our acceptance of death. Hmm. Well, there's one thing I've learned out here in the wilderness... Most of the time, it's worse for those who witness death than it is for the ones who experience it. Have you ever thought of that? Is it true? Most of the time, I think. The idea may help when the time comes, then. It's... it's very strange. I have no actual fear of death. I... I just fear for the women and children. Ah. It won't be long now. It's almost time for me to say mass. Yes, I suppose it is. Peter would be proud of you. Brother Benilos, I mean. I was just thinking of him. The last time I went to see him. After I'd been ordained. I, uh... I came to say goodbye, Brother Benilos. You're off to the Americas, huh? With the hope I'll do well. Sit down. Thank you. Ah, you have a long journey ahead of you. A very long one. But you have a zest for it. I feel a great satisfaction, yes. Never lose your zest for the real adventure of living from day to day. Until it's time for the ultimate of all moments. The passing through the gate we call death. To come face to face with our Lord. Yes, that's been the basis of all your teaching, Brother Benildas. And it never ceases to give me a, a sense of excitement. I'm glad you've come to share that simple ideal. It will help you to always realize that God is our final destination and that the people we meet, the places we visit, the incidents that occur are all simply a part of our journey to him. Yes, I'll remember that. Nor will you ever be alone or rejected. No matter where you are, no matter what the circumstances may be, our Lord is close by, within scope of a prayer, within the bounds of a, of a single thought within the very light of his love that surrounds you, wherever you are. I know that to be true, Brother Benildas. When you reach Sacramento, write to us. But first, write to your family. You have my promise. God bless you, my son. God bless you, Brother Benildas, for everything you've given me. Until we meet again. Until that day. You've said mass? Yes. Well, why are you back here? This will be the first line of fire when the Apache comes. I know. And I'll go back to the women and children in a few minutes. I I wanted to spend another moment with you. <laughs> Brother Benildas would surely be proud of you if he could see you now. 
At least you and I seem to have reached some area of understanding. Well, we have Brother Benilus in common. I suppose that accounts for it. Ah, this is it. This old carcass of mine, it'll take more than that. The Indians were driven back. Uh, build no hopes. They'll regroup and attack again. You've lost a lot of blood. And I can afford a lot. Uh, do me the favor of reloading my rifle. Let me attend to your wounds instead. Load my carcass. needs, eh? Yes, I I thought you were dying. I thank you. I'm grateful I was here. The Apaches. Regrouping. They suffered heavy losses. Did we? Yes. I doubt we can hold off another attack. I regret one thing. That I can't tell him I was wrong. Him? Peter, brother Benildus. I told him he abandoned me. I was wrong about that. Were you? He prepared you to be with me. It's as if he sent you to take care of my needs when the end came. If he had not sent you, I would be dead without benefit of the last rites. I'm glad that comforts you. You must have brought that kind of comfort to the good many others this morning, eh? Yes. Well, it's good not to be alone at a time like this. You're not alone. I meant to realize Almighty God is here with all of us. That's what I meant. He was right about that, too. About having our roots planted deep in the Almighty when we were children. It stays with you no matter what. You are not complete without the love of God. And that's a fact. Yes, it is a fact. <coughs> I, I must go back to the women and children now. And I'll say goodbye. Until we meet again. God bless you, Father. You're a brave... Mr. Darcy... Mr. Darcy, God rest your soul. Many a soul went to its final destination that day in the old Arizona Territory. But this story hasn't been one of the frontier. It was of a man who spent a lifetime in the peace and the quiet of a Catholic community in France, and who inspired 
so many young people with a most uncommon understanding of our relationship with God and who believe that a love of God must be deeply planted in us during childhood, in the home, and in the school. That without such a tender religious background of training, we are not properly equipped for future life. Such was the belief of Blessed Benildus, whose story is the thousandfold story of those he taught, and who went out into the world to spread the inspiration he had given them. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.